0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm joined today with my friend, Brooke Shear. And we are going to be talking about design history. But if you're new to Design Recharge, it's a live interactive podcast that's for designers who need to recharge their creative batteries and learn about the business of design. And it's recorded live every Wednesday. And you can become a VIP or you can join the family and sign up at rechargingyou.com. And that's Y O U, not like you you yeah um so anyway we're also a podcast so you can listen it'll be up tomorrow at the latest um and then i am loading all the old episodes so if you are really frustrated you might want to wait till we get all of the old ones loaded and then you don't get 11 in a week but you can go ahead and subscribe if you really want so all right we're um we're ready now, Brooke, now that I kind of get. So Brooke actually goes to New York. She takes her students to New York. She's at the University of Tampa. And she's like, uh, right? What are these little
1: faces coming up on oh. the, their claps? Yeah, I've never used blab before, so all of this, my ADD is going off really badly right now. So it used to be called
0: feels, which oh. is a little creepy, kind of. Um, but so then that means that people like what you're saying. It's like, whoop, whoop, kind of. It's good to know. Yeah. So Brooke and I both are sporting our creative South. Yes, uh, we are. Hers is just creative, but it does say South if she was taller we would see it all but um we're gonna go ahead and get started because so brooke maybe not everybody you've been on the show you've talked about green design environmental design um environmentally friendly design not necessarily environmental design and then um um and then jason i'll tell you later it's just a minor ligament strange strain strange too um so anyway sorry So you've been on the show a time I can't even remember how many times, to be honest. But can you give us a little bit of your background and then tell us kind of what you're doing? And then we'll jump into specifically kind of about the design history.
1: Um, I mean, short story is I am a I'm now an associate professor of graphic design at the University of Tampa. Just got tenure um, in January. So that's so now I'm trying to sleep, Um, not getting much done, but um, I teach graphic design. I teach um uh, many of many from you know courses from foundations all the way up to senior senior standing however i'm the pretty much the lone soldier in my department and have you know completely redesigned the entire curriculum um, so i get i I have fun in that i get i don't just focus on getting to you know teach one or two different courses I get to go across the across the um Uh, Bandwidth, I guess you will. But the major things that I do um, and that I've been very fortunate in being able to do are to implement these travel courses. Um, So, you know, I teach sustainable design. That's one. There aren't very many sustainable design courses out there. And I do, you know, I built that class. I teach it. I have a lot of fun doing that. Um, But I also get to do, um, you know, the travel courses. And so the New York course that I take students uh, we go for almost a week in March right around spring break and then the Europe course that we're going to talk about today is a two-week long course two two and a half week courses overseas um, and it's it's great so I'm very fortunate in my position to not only be able to teach but also to travel um, that's a definite benefit perk of, of my job yeah for sure mm-hmm. all right so Teaching is a huge part of your,
0: of your life. And so how do, you, how do you kind of, and design is as well, but how do you get students to get on board to go do a trip like this or to understand more about design history?
1: Well, most students, um, one of the changes that I did make in the curriculum was requiring the history of graphic design for all students. So I, you know, I created that course and then it's a requirement um, for all students. But um, it's not just a course that the history course isn't just a course that that my majors take. Um, We actually have people who, for example, I'm teaching it this summer and I have two students in environmental design or I'm sorry, environmental um, science that are taking it. Um, There's one that's in digital arts or two in digital arts. The rest are graphic design, but I've had them from, you know, the sciences across the board. So students, I think, find more interest in the visually, you know, communicative part of history. And they, they, I get students from all over the campus and they kind of, you know, as they learn about that class and they enjoy the class, they, you know, kind of, um, um, it, it coincides with this travel course. Um, and then of course, you know, it's not just that. So they learn in the history class about this, you know, course, but also by word of mouth. So we've, you know, we had quite a strong following from the last one. Uh, most, most travel courses at the university don't go above, I don't know, 10, maybe 12. We had 18, Um, we had 18 and we actually, because of the word of mouth are putting a cap on this next one that we go to, because there's only two of us and we can't handle that many students. But, um, so that's kind of, you know, it becomes word of mouth, but also they sit into the history course and, you know, the history of graphic design is a lot different than a regular art history, I think, or a regular history because there's a lot of the visuals to it. And it's very interesting to see how we've come where we are today
0: for sure all right well so let's jump in a little bit so um did you start the new york trip doing the the spring break stuff first or did you do the europe trip first
1: Uh, i actually have a colleague um chris valley he teaches paint he teaches painting he's actually our chair now um but he started the new york trip at his previous institution and then implemented it here at, um, the university of Tampa. And then three, it's been three years ago. We've done it for, I've done it for three years now. Um, I joined up and, you know, so we get fine art students, mostly fine art students, and then graphic design students. Um, we do get a a student here or there that is not within the art department that will come along with us as well. Um, but that was, that was his development. He did he did that however um he focuses on you know it's funny the, to call it a development a development that's right um he focuses you know on the art but then when I joined I took the complete reins for the graphic design so just started you know reaching out to people people I've met at roundtables at AIGA and um you know it's funny you just send an email if you don't you know I met Michael Beirut at AIGA and said, Hey, can I bring students while we're in New York? And he said, yes. And Gail Anderson was the same. And, you know, through them, I started, you know, reaching out to Paula Shear and, um, who else we've, uh, (laughs) else have we gone and seen i love Um, new york yeah milton glazier you know he's although he's one of the people that students students get so enthused about going on this trip until they sit in front of him and then it's just like complete blank they don't want they're so intimidated by him um but you know it's it's interesting that if you just reach out and ask most people will be okay with you know you coming and bringing students and them talking to them and um so, it's a lot of fun. It's one of my yeah. most favorite trips. That's my it's my favorite time of the year, my favorite course to teach, actually. That's
0: that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, do they get a whole credit or is that a whole semester long and then you're just
1: no, it's it's um, it's only. Well, it was one credit. We actually just increased it to two credits. And at, at our institution, typical studios or art histories are four credits as opposed to the three, which oh. most people do. Um, so we made it two credits. That way students could travel because a lot of students travel. will do it. Do that trip more than once um i've had repeat students and i know i'll continue to have repeat students it's just because it's that great of an opportunity you know students get to network um i also this first or this last time we were there um I gathered up three of my previous students who were living and working and we had this really large round table where they gave, you know, their experiences, but also did a portfolio review. And the students loved that. So students, you know, they find the value and they want to go back to see. Um, but we offer it right now or coming up, it's gonna be two credits. And then that way if they go twice, they can substitute out an art history class for it. Wow. Yep. So, you know, trying to make it more than just an elective because I very much feel that In the field, being in the field or these learning experiences are so much more valuable than, you know, what you'll find in a book. So I encourage most students to go.
0: All right. So that kind of leads to that next question. So why taking them to Europe? Why go and see it in person? Mm. What's so much better?
1: Well, first and foremost, let's be honest, I've never been to Europe and it was something that, you know, I wanted to do, Um, you know, and and travel courses are are a way to, you know, get to explore these opportunities. But um, that being said, being able to, you know, I was always told and I never traveled in college and I was always told you don't really understand the benefit of these pieces or the impact of these pieces until you see them in person um, and I, I got a lot of support from the Dean who had said you know do travel courses take them to Europe take them to Europe so we took them to Europe and um, and you know I don't know that I, I don't know that the students well, Not all students benefited as much as seeing the originals, as as you know, some of the more um, dedicated students or myself. But I know, I I know for a fact that all students got something out of what they saw, whether they were majors or not majors. In fact, um, I made all of them keep. Even the guy who had a development. And the development.
0: the development. I'm gonna use that for it, now. It sounds it.
1: like you have a development. Well, you just copyright me on that. So my okay. claim to fame will be the development. Um uh but see now I'm I'm lost. I don't know what I was talking about. OK, so even the people who don't have graphic design as their major. Yes. Oh, right, right, right there. So I made them. Thank you. This is what happens. I've told you that my classroom sits on the river. Right. And when dolphins are out there and I'm critiquing, I have to stop and regain my focus and try and figure out where what? I was. That's yeah. my 80s. It's just off. Um, but I made them all write blogs while they were on. So they and I'll probably revise it for the next one, but they had to do, there's Jeff. Um, that's not a lie. She does that. See, I told you it's, it does, it happens. Um, but, uh, I made them write daily blogs, um, and to kind of talk about their experiences for the day, because each day was designated to, you know, one specific part of, of, you know, wherever we were. And one of the blogs or one of the girls that went was a marketing major and her blog was very inspiring to read because of how much she got out of it. Um, So even though she's not a major and never took the history of graphic design and didn't know much about it, it's, you know, it's putting them in front of... It's putting them in front of this culture that, you know, most people, you've seen that YouTube video where the guy goes around and asks, what's a, what is graphic design or what is a graphic designer doing? People can't tell you. It's not until you really get it in front of people that aren't graphic designers or don't have any sort of visually communicative background that they're like, oh, oh, it's everything. That's what my husband will tell people. He's like, it's everything, everything you see and touch. That's what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: It's true though. So, yep. all right. So, um, I want you to kind of take us through. And so you started in on your blog, which we're going to share that link. I think we can share that link, right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to start out. Y- you have it in like seven parts. And yep. so we're not doing all seven, nope. but we're going to start out in basil, and then we're going to go forward. So I'm actually going to try this new cool sure. thing. Let's Hopefully that works. Oh, whoops. Yeah come on oh because i have the seat is locked sorry i'm like why is this working uh click okay it looks so yellow but anyway okay so is that the first one yes probably yeah can you can you see that Hmm. i can okay do you want to just i'm going to click through these and you can kind of talk through it and then we can talk about your love for swiss
1: design as we get to something like that sure um we started the first major thing we did when we were in switzerland was go to the basel school of design which was incredible um we had a we received a personal tour um And we got to see, which is in, I think, one of the photos that you have up at the very top. That one, um, they have a large uh, library that overlooks that you could see. You could see, and Jeff, Jeff's on here. Help me out here um uh paris was in one corner um i mean you could see different countries just by standing up there which was incredible but we got to see um original works by Weingart, which is i think you have um photos there's one of them um so i mean we got to we got to so see, tell us his,
0: tell us why this um why he's important and impactful so what oh, did he well, do different
1: So, Vingart was the person who started, didn't really achieve it because he was still married to it, Um, but... Uh, was the was the thrust from Swiss design, from the international typographic style into the postmodern style. Um, you know, like all good Swiss designers, it's very hard to break out of that style, but he was the one who who started to feel like, you know, that modern style had pretty much run its course. And so um, he starts practicing. He wants, you know, more of that kinetic movement and he wants to explore typography. Um, so seeing, you know, Weingart's work, original, you know, um, uh, covers... <laughs> And, and just anything that he had there. I was pushing students out of the way, basically, to get photos there. It's <laughs> like, get out of my way. So this, this, was, this was part of the
0: personal tour, though, that yep. you were kind of able to kind of see yep. what was going. Okay. And then they just laid stuff out, told you not to they touch did. it, I'm sure. They,
1: no, uh, no, I think there were hands. I think there were hands on it. I don't know that there was a don't touch. Um, huh. But we we were led by an emeritus and maybe the chair of the department. It's been a year. It's hard for me to remember their names. I don't have them in front of me, but, um, but they gave us a presentation on the history and the background and some of the examples and what they do in the curriculum. And they talked to the students about grad school there, which, of course, everybody was like, that's where I'm going to grad school. And, you know, some of them have only just now graduated. So I expect, you know, all of them to go. But apparently it's cheap. It's super cheap to um go to grad school over there which would be great if they could um but they talked to us and then we got a tour of the building and we got to see these original works and you know a lot of students thought well you know students will tell you that this part was their favorite and then they'll tell you that this part was their favorite and then this part was there so it's good to hear every day this was my favorite part no this was and so this but this is what kicked it off us. It was great. It was a lot of fun to see. We got to see the graduate student quarters as well and the work that they were working on. So, so what, what attracts you to Swiss design? Oh boy. You know, I'm a big, uh, Joseph Mueller Brockman fan. And the fact that, um, in fact, when you get, or when when we get to the um, museum for Gestaltung, the the graphic design, the Swiss Graphic Design Museum, um, it was. That's right. It was. It's the grids. <laughs> Jeff's um, like yeah, grids. <laughs> well, and, you know, Jeff's one of Jeff's one of my previous students who um, uh, knows how much I push grids in class. You know, mm-hmm. students students just don't understand the importance of the grids. Look um, behind you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, just saying, you know, and so I think, you know, to be able to to uh, for me as as an academic you know structuring teaching students how to structure their work to use a, a variable grid that has you know interest unique interest in it um you know not just something i in terms of early swiss design and the modularity to it i think for me that's kind of boring so when brockman starts to kind of break i mean he's keeping the grid but he's you know he's he's breaking it, but he's keeping it for organization. But like his Beethoven piece, you know that is that is just something that.
0: But breaking it for impact. So there's a yep. lot of structure, and this yep. part of it is yep. broken, and yep. therefore that creates hierarchy. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so this. Want to talk photo, about this fruit? Or- yeah. yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. um, this was probably my most cherished. Uh, my most cherished photo when we saw this. So this here was in, it was in Zurich. Um, and that is the museum for Gestaltung, which is the graphic design museum. And that's the basic reason that we went. Although, you know, Basel was just the the cherry on top of the ice cream or cake or whatever dessert of your choice. Um, but when we went down, they have all of these archives in the basement and they have these drawers, these these large um, flat files kind of drawers. Yeah, yep. And that you pull them out and they're all originals. Um, and, you know, Herbert Matters pasteboards were in there for his, you know, his Switzerland tourism posters. And but then when she pulled this out and, you know, to see the originals, the Frutiger originals of universe, that's again that moment where I was shoving students out of the way. (laughs) And I said, I have to take a picture of this. Um, Well, and what's great about this, and I know that, you know, you've, you've, in one of the questions you asked, what makes some of this so important? And, and what really makes something like this important? And my students are actually required to create their own, um, their own font by the end of their career up in the higher level and what makes this really really important and you know not just this but the other photographs that i have that show brockman's sketches um is that it shows process oh there are the grids <laughs> so this looks like a really big wall was it, it was. smaller
0: no no than- mm-hmm. mm-hmm. OK, so it was longer yeah. than even this.
1: Uh, no, no, no. That's actually the area. So I was you can see on if you're facing the screen on the left side, on my right side was the side and then on my left side was the side. But um, they had this museum had a, an exhibition of Brockman work and a lot of the Swiss design work. Um, And so when we saw the grids, the students were like, go do it, go. We got to get that photo because they're like, look, broke grids because they know. I mean, they know how much I push the grids and they know how much, you know, how and I do. Right, Jeff. I just I push the grids big time in every class and they have to do grid sketches before they can even do compositional sketches. And, um, you know, so they just know how much I geek out over that there's the matter, the Herbert matter paste ups. So it's so so different.
0: You know, this is I didn't learn on paste up like I um, was fortunate enough to always have a computer. Um, But I know sometimes it's good for us to push ourselves to get off the computer and to do stuff like this. One, it helps with being um, your craftsmanship, right? It, It has to be really tight. But it's also just to realize that all this stuff um this layering and there's all these other kinds of elements that you could do even with a copier right Mm -hmm. and so and and that's just that leveling on top what we would do in photoshop now possibly if we're creating this or in indesign and just use a you know multiply layer or something um but to me, seeing something like this makes me kind of want to get back to my hands to kind of do something by hand.
1: Right. Well, and that's what I've talked to students. You know, I, I implement a lot of handwork, um, a lot of, you know, handcraft. I try to in, in all of my classes, actually, all the classes from the from graphic design one all the way up to, you know, the very end capstone course. And it's because you know, students come in and they think that that box that sits in front of us, that technological box is the end all be all. And, you know, it's, um, so to be able to, to show them, to show students, not only, you know, like the paste up boards here or, you know, Brockman's sketches, um, or Frutiger's sketches to show that it's not just an, you know, you don't just come up with this idea in your head and that's it. You know, right. it's gotta be, you've gotta, you know, I ideate and you've got to do your research and sketch and sketch and sketch and sketch, and then, you know, let it lead you where it's going to go.
0: Right. So, um, David said, you know, it helps to have the experience Mm -hmm. with the grid, but then be able to consider pushing the grid or working to break the grid. Um, You can only do that second part if you have an understanding of the first, which I completely, completely agree. And Joe says he feels like his design work actually expanded and got better when he embraced the processes that took him away from the computer.
1: Well, and like I tell students, you sit there, you know, you sit in front of that box and it limits you because you're just put, you know, you're pushing pixels around and you're not exploring all of the ideas. And of course, the research is huge too. the visual research, which students know that they have to do a lot of. Um, this was down in the dungeon. Um, the dungeon of the of the museum but it had you know you can see glazier's Bob Dylan poster on the right Um, you can see uh, Herbert Matter you can there's Joseph Mueller Brockman in there Um, so this was just a large area downstairs of of posters posters upon posters upon posters of and
0: some of these are like super famous when I was just looking through your images you know it was like oh my goodness oh my goodness yep you know these these posters that we I have only seen in books and it's kind of like and I, I guess these are the full sizes or do you think that these were a little bit bigger than what they normally were
1: uh, uh, that's a good question I don't know that I'd answer I mean they' they're size it's the best I can tell you I don't know if they'd be you know but like. Um, to me, I remember
0: seeing 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 Salvador Dali's um, like uh, persistent memory, which is like the melting clocks, mm-hmm. and it was like itty bitty tiny, and I always thought it was going to be you know right, right, right no I and so uh,
1: being being that they these are all poster creations, I would think they'd probably be true to size or at least close. Oh, so Jeff asked, do you have a picture of the litho stone?
0: Hmm. Do. you feel free to put it in the link if you have a picture and it's on your blog. or something. No, I'm trying to think.
1: Um, no, I don't. If you do send it to me and I'll send it to Diane. So but this I was I don't think I do.
0: This was um, this is one of my favorites. And I love this. You know, it just kind of has. Um,
1: some of the design I, stuff. Yeah, that I'm, and I actually lectured on that last week and went on and on and on about it just because well, it's well. Random. Tell us what you, you oh, went on and on and on about. Well, I mean, Rand was Rand was so you know, I always I always ask students, and in fact, my history students are giving uh, their presentations tomorrow, and it's it's ta- they they're going to talk about what social social or, or cultural event. Um, has shaped where we are today, you know, and I talk about um, how you know, postmodernism is. You know, some people say that we're not in postmodernism, but you know, are we? And and I have them think about it, and then we talk about the expressive part and how we've come back around to the hand lettering. How hand lettering is so big right now because we've kind of you know shunned away from. You know, it, d- d- design history is very cyclical. There's all you know. It's we want to express ourselves, and then we you know we come back to the more structured because we want to be universal because something socially or culturally is happening. And, and then we go away from that, you know, there's an economical boom and then we want to be, you know, individualized or expressive again. And what I love about Rand's work is that he does take the ideas of the ITS, but he pushes them because of expression. So we you know, Swiss design rejected expression for universality. Rand comes in and he's like, but that stuff's kind of boring, you know, so let's make it exciting and want people to actually, um, want people to actually, um, um, you know, like what engage in what they're seeing. And what's interesting about this is that comment about breaking the grid works here. Because it's not, you know, it's not that modularity, that structure that um, we're used to. But you see the type that it's offset. It's kin- it's very kinetic because it staggers. We see the positive and negative space, a lot of design principles. We see a lot of geometric versus curvilinear shapes. So it's dynamic. And I know, you know, Rand, well, I don't know Rand. I would have loved to have known Rand. Um, but he believed that, you know, contrast specifically would create that dynamic um would create that dynamic, um, composition. And, you know, in order to create that emotional connection, you have to have that contrast. Um, and, and what's interesting about Rand is that he started to reshape the way, um, film posters. You know, this was that step into, you know, the film poster um shift that would lead to Saul Bass doing his right. his movie titles um you know because Bass was very influenced by Paul Rand. So This piece um, reminds me of of
0: I know how Saul Bass could look at this and then get make something, mm-hmm. you know, like they he's very much influenced. Right. Anyway, I love it. It was great. This is probably one of my favorites. I would love to see the oops. It's kind of hard for me to figure out exactly. Oh, oh there's the other. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So this is another paste up, right? Yep. Or is this well, no, 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 no. These are these are sketches of the Beethoven piece of Brockman's Beethoven piece. Um, So I put that there, you know, and then the next one I would think I think is the final. Yeah, there it is. So, you know, I put those there only because of the idea of that process of the sketches. You can't just go straight to the final piece. You've got to, you know, but to be able to see the original sketches, his thought process is incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, just, it kind of humbles you because you're like, you know, and I know my students specifically, they hate the process. They hate the sketching. They don't find the value in the sketching. They don't find the value in the research. Um, and, uh, no, no, those aren't real. Um, but you know, they don't find the value in that. So to be able to show these and say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not just doing this just to make you hate me," which they sometimes think that I do.
0: right. But there's still there's there's progression and completion and and clarity as he kept going. And it's a lot of time to do right. all those sketches, but there's something, you know, anyway, I love it. Okay, so let me make sure I'm clicking on the all the the ones, okay.
1: And then this is just more process, just more process. So you can and see this, all the sketches. This one me. looks so 3D from this um, angle. Oh, oh, it might be the one that's up at the top left because he's got it distorted, you know, kind of on that diagonal. Oh, yeah. There. But it totally
0: yeah. looks three. Do you see mm-hmm. that?
1: Popping up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally does. that, And I also think li- looking at it at an angle, like laid down instead of flat as we normally would see it, I think it comes out. Wow, that's really yeah,
1: pretty cool. And I don't actually. know that we got that photo. I don't know that I photoshopped that one at all to straighten it. I kind of oh, uh and I kind of like just I, started throwing them together. There's a lot, there may, were a lot of to go through, a lot of photos.
0: Oh, for sure. But maybe this is kind of maybe he
1: intended it
0: to be do you know what I mean? Like maybe it wasn't like a flat to look at it like this. He wanted it kind of
1: because it Tough really way. does stand yeah. off mm-hmm. the paint. Hmm. And look, anyway. you could see another grid up there. <laughs> yeah. You see it? <laughs> oh, Top yes. right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then the final, just the all encompassing, all of the sketches, all of the process. You can see actually in that photo, of course, I'm the one taking the picture. Jeff is the one over there on the right. Erica, my other student, is the one there on the left. I have no idea who that one in the back is. I can't, I have no, I can't tell. I, no, no no problem. No, Maybe it wasn't even my student. Um, and then just his, his poster campaign series for... I love this yeah, one. Yep. Yeah, so just, you know, was throwing some in. It's, kind, it's hard to filter. It's hard to filter out. Well, to me,
0: these especially like the the motorcycle and the kid so it creates drama It also there's a scale so it's very intense and I think um that's one of the beauties of his work was was this and I think you know sometimes we tend to overwork things or I tend to overwork things maybe and so I think that scale so putting something out there that we can kind of Just like, hey, keep it simple, but make a really strong, impactful statement. And
1: it's, again, the the idea of contrast, you know, contrast has been around. I mean, you know, I I use the word contrast. In fact, one of my students one semester made me a small eight and a half by 11 poster that just said the word contrast that I made him, you know, hold up in class every time. And and by the end of the semester, he just hold it up because he knew. He knew that I was going to say it, but, you know, it's, and that's what I keep telling them in this, in the history class is that the idea of this contrast creates that dynamic appeal and you want to engage with your audience. You want to get their attention and that's going to do it.
0: Oh yeah. And all these angles are really good for Mm -hmm. keeping it dynamic Mm -hmm. for sure. All right. So we, I think that was our last one from the museum of whatever.
1: Gestaltung. 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 There you go. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It took me forever just to be able to say Zurich, right? People would be like, it's not Zurich. And I'm like, well, I'm American.
0: (laughs) Okay. So then, um,
1: I don't know if you're talking about ARS electronica or ours. (laughs) Yep. It's ours, ours electronica that, you know, unfortunately I don't have a lot of, um, um, I don't have a lot of photos from it, but I encourage anybody, if you can ever get to Linz, go to the Ars Electronica. I didn't think I would enjoy this, to be honest with you. This is my colleague, Santiago. Um, uh, he, he does the, the digital portion, um, or he teaches digital art and, and not really design, but all the HTML, the backdrop, the, the motion, the whatever. Um, And so this is where he wanted to go while we were in uh, while we were in Austria. And, you know, I was like, all right. And we only had, I think, three or four hours to spend there. And I wish, because we, we were catching a train to, to Vienna, and I wish we had an entire day. It, it just it wasn't enough. Um, the things we got to do there, this here was um, a little beggar robot. And you see he's got a little mustache to him because, you know, that's our culture these days. But they've got a video that um, they put him on the street begging for money. And it was, um, it was a test to see... If he could get if if he was perceived you know friendlier than an actual human, and he to see who would get the most um, donations on the street donations, and it was by far the robot. And you know, I, I guess it's because robots are non-threatening, or he was he's just cute. But of course, then my little Agent T man is sitting there. I had to get Agent T in as much as I could while we were while we were out there. But um, so, you know, this was the first, first place we stopped. Um, there are a couple other images of some, uh, there was a 3D printer downstairs. So I took a couple minutes um, just to sketch out. Anybody who knows me knows that I love ampersand. So um, I wanted to print that out. There was a room um, where we got to see this really interesting 3D video of um, the the earth it it was kind of we were traveling into earth or on earth and into space and um it was it was pretty awesome that's santiago right there with the big schnauzer beard um he that that was his his place to be but that was it was really cool to see what kind of technology you can create you know 3d wise yeah that's santi and then you have the one of oh i can't hear you Yep, there you are. Nope.
0: Oh, there you are. I, I can't mute both of the peep things. So, am I? Are you hearing me twice? No, I hear you just once. All right, here we go.
1: Um, whoops. Oh, and that was the space. That was the three D. Um, the three. I wish I could remember what the it was. Space science something. I don't know. Oh, I. Hope I Oh, look, I'm, look at that. Look at all those. Uh, the ampersand. I hope that's, I hope, I hope you really do love my ampersand because I love my ampersands. But they printed it 3D. Of course, I didn't get to take it home, but um, uh, I wish. Now, that was fun. Now, that's, that is, those are my six, or that is my six pack, just so you're aware. It's not really. Um, but this was a machine to to show how you could use x-rays to um, see internally, um, which was which was a lot of fun. So really that's that's what I look like did you you not know about x-rays well it was i did know about x-rays but x-rays in the form of bones versus x-rays in the form of seeing your your muscular your muscular yes so see really that that is really what i what i look like but that was fun you could hold up and it gave the perception that you were they were actually looking underneath the skin um yeah that's cool It, it was I was
0: like, "Have you not heard of this thing called X-rays?" <laughs> <Not> a couple. <laughs> they in my had days. it in Alabama. Yeah. I would have thought Florida would
1: have been they, in front, front of us. Had a couple in my day. Now this was scary. I this was like a tailed, like plastic or not plastic, but like rubber baby that spoke to you. It was the the creepiest. There was there the wizard was behind the curtain the entire time, um, but. Uh, you know, speaking through this baby, but you'd pick it up and it'd be like, hold me Brooke. And I'd be like, Oh my, it was, it was creepy. It was like this, I don't know, latex or vinyl or I don't know, but it had like the face of a baby, but this tail and it would wiggle and move and want you to actually be its mother. And I'm like, Oh, so it was fun. It's just, you know, there's the only thing I can say about the Ars Electronica is it's a, it's a bunch of very interesting creative digital it was made of nightmares it was absolutely made of nightmares says jeff i i agree it was pretty scary yeah
0: well we've had some weird dolls on this show so um if you go back and watch the rusty mitchell from april i think or march <laughs> he has a creepy doll we've shown <laughs> anyway so we're gonna move on to the bow house
1: and there it is, The reconstructed. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was the pause for um, impact. <laughs> and there it is, the backside. Well, that was us. I mean, the back, the back part of it, us walking up to those are the student quarters. Um, you know, it's it's that's one of those things that you. It's interesting because, and if you, I think I noted it some in my blog, but we we get into these taxis. Um, we had the most interesting trip trying to get to dessau the trains went on strike the day that we started yeah. uh, you know from vienna to dessau and we ended up in nuremberg and then had to take uh we ended up in nuremberg and then um i can't remember exactly where we stopped it was about an hour from dessau but we all did take these taxis. We ended up on the Audubon. Whatever. That was that's a death trap. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, that is the scariest experience of my life, riding passenger side in a taxi on the Audubon. But the guy sitting there in his you know, his broken English and my inability to speak any sort of German, um, he goes, why are you going to Dessau?" And because it was so it was such a a large player in the in the Second World War that, you know, it's it's a beautiful city. It is a beautiful city. I loved being in Dessau, but, you know, apparently most of the world doesn't share that same sentiment. And so he's like, why are you coming? And I was like, well, why? Why do you go to Dessau? And he's like, well, I'm a student there. And uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The guy up in the balcony. I forgot he was even up there. He's up there playing his guitar. You can see on the top left. That was Mm -hmm. our. That was our guide. Um, but, you know, being able to see the is just to see the bauhaus That's him. He was showing us, um, you know, some of the old photographs and he took us to um, he took us through the um, that's the that's the theater where, you know, a lot of the experimental plays took place. You know, think Dada ish. Um, he um, took us to the student quarters. We saw the line of the, the master houses, you know, Gropius and Finninger and Naj. Um, nage um, So those were great. I don't have very many good interior photos of those. Um, however, this was my favorite, probably my favorite part of the Bauhaus. So these technically if they ever see this episode or my blog I could probably get in trouble but there was this lady down there and the in the archives there are these archives down at the at the in the basement and there's this whole room full of originals and you know of course I go to take my camera out she's like don't you dare and I'm like but I gotta take these photographs and so I'm like you know with my phone to my side and she's giving me the evil eye like I know what you're doing and so she steps out of the room and I may have taken some photographs when she stepped out of the room um you know so what was so great about these well these specifically right here are syllabi and there was a line of syllabi and project statements um from from the teachers and I don't remember exactly who this was I don't remember who this was from I'd have to go in and look but um I mean uh, for me as an academic not only do we see you know some of the distil movement going on in the design so alma right alma who's sitting in here um she designs her syllabi um and and you know i've designed mine from inspiration from her but you to look back and see you know let's it doesn't have to just be in a word document you can design it out and we see some of the you know um the the um the new typography, you know, coming out in here, Jan Schickold's new typography, which was an influence, um, or, or, you know, some of the, I guess, Russian constructivism and dish coming out because the new typography came later. But you can just see, I mean, they designed it out and they've got all sorts of... Um, You know, of these documents, the Bauhaus magazine, you know, to be able to see the Bauhaus magazines. And then the cover that Maholi Naj did with his typo photo, you know, and the original cathedral that Finninger did for. Um, in the very, very beginning of the Bauhaus that was, you know, to symbolize um, this, this cathedral on the hit on the hill that, you know, this, this school that this all encompassing um, holy school, if you will, you know, it's just, am I geek? Can you tell I'm geeking out here? Because I'm totally geeking out. Um Totally and completely. Hopefully, someday I'll get to go back. And then, of course, there's a print of the cathedral. Um, I wanted to take that off. This was the, the that was their booklet, the the book that they used to to um, uh, market their the school. And then, of course, Maholi Nage's Bauhaus cover books, which is just awesome. Anyway, and then there's Gropius's office seems kind of random but that's reconstructed that's where he was when he ran the school do you
0: think that yellow chair faced like that i have no idea maybe it's kind of like i don't know i guess maybe that's for somebody coming to sit in the hot seat or something yeah, that's what
1: i was going to say maybe so for he could look at the a student de- a development there it is development <laughs> a student with a development, development. <laughs> uh, so their back is
0: away from everyone else um, alright so then uh, you were very tired at this point right you've been going and going and then you had the whole train debacle where people were uh, uh, whatever striking right, right? Mm-hmm. and so at this point you go and you start looking at the sh-
1: uh, street art yep. and you said you were super tired yeah but this but the- was Berlin um, Berlin for me wasn't it wasn't as exciting. I didn't enjoy it. And we were there for a long time. Um, I think we ended up with an actual, an, an extra day somewhere, somehow in Berlin. And um, so we had a lot of time on our hands and it wasn't as exciting. We went there for the the Bauhaus archives um, and we did get to see the Bauhaus archives, but They didn't let us take any pictures, which was disappointing. So we're seeing all of this really awesome work and we don't get to see any of the photos. Um, But we did get to do this, the street tour. And so we had um, a guy from, I think he, he's from L.A., maybe that had moved to Berlin and had been there for a decade or so. I don't remember how long he said, but took us all around, walked us all around, saw all of this interesting street art, um,
0: so was this something you set up before or you're like scrambling to find something to do? No,
1: we, we had set up the, uh, it's called a, the alternative walking tour. Um, and we set that up before pretty much everything, for the most part, everything we did um, design-wise or, you know, art-wise or whatever was set up before we was set up before. And we use a, um, a company, a travel agency called CIS. And uh, they were the ones, you know, basically, we went through and said, this is what we want to see. Um, This is where we want to visit. And then they set it up for us, you know. And I mean, everything else that we did, you know, the students had quite a bit of time to to go out and explore on their own as well. Um, But this is one of the things that we did as a group.
0: And so then one of the last things was the leaving your marks on the Berlin Wall, right? Yep.
1: Yep. We all got to sign the Berlin Wall. It was pretty, it's pretty interesting to see it in person. Students loved it. Yep. Cool. I think those are our
0: images. So I'm going to take that off because I think some, some people are hearing it me twice. So kick it out. Yay. Anyway, um, I am super excited that you could geek out with me a little bit today. And I know that, so let's get back to some of the questions and cause I think it was really good to kind of see the images. And again, if anybody else has any questions, just pop them in. So how long was this trip and how long, if you were telling somebody that they kind of wanted to do this, how far ahead do they need to schedule things like who, you know, like to do this walking tour to do something. Did you do any specific research? Cause you were really setting this up, right? You weren't having some travel agencies.
1: You know, no, we up. did. We, um, with the university, let's see. And I've already, we've just now, or we just got approved for the May. Main- 2017, but we started putting that together. The May 2017, I started putting together last fall. So our deadline to have it to the university um, was in December. So December of 2015, For the May 2017. So we start these fairly, I mean, pretty far in advance. Um, we kind of figure out where we want to go and then, um, or, you know, if, if we know that we've got specific places that we want to do. So for example, um, for this upcoming one, I know that I want to go back to Switzerland. Um, the museum and Basel were just, they're just too important they're too important. And to be honest with you, Switzerland was my favorite stop. Um, It's beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. And the definitely the chocolates, although I can't have dairy. So I had to find vegan, Um, which the vegan's okay too. It wasn't too bad. But um, that aside, we also went to the Alps and I want to go back to the Alps for a day. Um, I mean, that was just incredible. But so I knew that I wanted to go back there, but I also want to take students to see the Montmartre where the, um, and I know I didn't pronounce, that that's right but that's just how me not being able to have any sort of tone um but i want to see i want to see if we can get into you know the areas where latrec um you know did all of his and sheree you know where they did all of their art nouveau stuff i want i want to do it i want to do it terribly and then we're going to go to london um there are I think we're gonna hit a lot of the museums. We are actually going to go to Universal for the day because I can get us in to see how um, all the graphics and digitals for Harry Potter how they did Harry Potter? Um, anybody who knows that, me knows that. Yeah, huh. that's why I want to go to London. See, it's really all about what I want to do, and then the students just follow. Um,
0: all right. So, so Joe asked, um, how have these student these? Um, sorry, how have these trips impacted your students, and even understanding your uh, even your understanding of design or the process or
1: whatever. For Well, for me, I mean, I was taught with all of this anyway. I took a lot of um, design history. I had um, some really amazing graduate professors. So this, for me, is me kind of reiterating what I learned, but, of course, me learning on top of that. Um for the students, though, the students that went, I think they could definitely see the importance of, you know, the process specifically. You know, we're, we're in the the Graphic Design Museum in, in Zurich and um, – you know, the students are yelling at me to stand in front of these grids, you know, and they're not only for my love of grids, but because I think they start to understand how, you know, truly important um, these things are. But to have to be able to stand in a place, say the Bauhaus, that has such a tremendous impact on. Our history and where we are today and why we teach the way we do and the foundations and the programs, um, you know, I, I think that has the ability to open their eyes so much more than me standing and lecturing in front of them and saying, this is the Bauhaus. This is why it's important. Go watch this documentary, which is exactly right. what I do. Um, so, you know, and being able to have an, an, actual tour that, that puts this information together with, with what they're seeing really helps to solidify. And I think grow an appreciation. So are you
0: talking during these? Are you like, so it's all kind of like self-guided. They're just taking it and
1: reading. Well, we, most of the places that we went to were guided tours. So there was someone there. Um, okay. yeah, so we didn't, there wasn't. I really didn't have to do much. It just kind of reiterates what the students who have taken a history course um, should have in theory learned in class. So um, no, I, that fortunately for me, that I got a breather from that. I didn't have to, you know, reiterate any of it. They were just hearing it, most of it for a second time, you know, And, and I think I always, I always say that students suffer from what's called, you know, the mommy syndrome, where, I, they hear me up into, you know, like the second day of class and then they start tuning me out like they do their parents, (laughs) like they do their moms. So when someone else says something, you know, the, repeating exactly what I say. They're like, that's such a great idea. Oh, brilliant. That was yeah, brilliant. Right? brilliant. And I'm like, I never told you that, right? Never, ever have I told you that. So for them to hear it from someone else, because they've heard it before, but it clicks. It clicks with them, I think, much stronger um, than hearing me day in and day out. every. Semester. Jeff says, do you, you think we made it two days? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. All right. So well, how long? I, I actually sorry. bring I actually bring Jeff in to critique um, to critique students' work, you know, in, in other classes now that he's graduated. And um, the funny thing is that when he was a student, didn't listen, he didn't want to listen to me ever. He would fight with me, you know, if I'd tell him something. Um, but now he gets up and says the same things and the students are like, I love it when he comes in because he just tells us these great things. And I'm like yeah, clearly that I've never told you before, ever. So it's good. It's good for students to hear so it from how, other people. How long was it? Did you already say that? No, it was um, just over two weeks. with we two days of travel, and then I think we had two days. So I'd say 16 or 17 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. So, so really the I, the question
0: I asked before was really it's – a lot of people have already taken your class, the design history class. Are, is any of them? Are any of them besides maybe the developmental student um, that's not going to take anything anyway? Um, is that? Are they? You know, do any of them take it later? That the design history class again? Some,
1: some. Well, take it again? No, or? no, no, not again. I mean, take it just like you after. mean the you mean the non majors who probably haven't aren't required to take it. The non majors, <laughs> those other people who just don't matter. Um, (laughs) um, You know, they some, interestingly, I'm just going to put this out there. No, Um, because I had one student who was on the trip that came into it was so excited about this trip that he wanted to change his major to graphic design. Mm. Then he saw how I don't put up with crap. And has yet to change his major, um, so we won't name names. But uh, it was Jeff. No, just kidding. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff graduated. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of them take it um after they've taken the trip but in a way for those who aren't required to take it it, i'm okay with that because of i mean they got a history a semester of history right there pretty much in two weeks anyway so
0: so what would you recommend for somebody maybe who's an illustrator um or of what you saw was there anything that maybe a typographer or an illustrator or um you know publication designer some uh, just a regular you know was there something you think that they should see that you saw um
1: that's a good question um I definitely think the street art in Berlin is is very important for even though I didn't like Berlin that was a a really interesting um, place to be I also think for anybody any. Any artist, really, the Bauhaus, getting that—you know—just seeing all of those original works. um, I I do, I I do think that's um, important. Um, Someone on here said Florence, not this trip, but the next trip for typography. We're going to go to Italy. That's that's we're slated to go to Italy for that.
0: We're going to go to Italy.
1: I think. Yeah. Can
0: join us. You don't have to even take the class. So that was one thing I asked Brooke. I was like, well, does University of Tampa kind of open it up so that other people could go, like regular people, like your, you know, husband or a friend or somebody in the community that just wants to go and kind of experience the same things that you're doing? And she said, No, not for University of Tampa, but that is something that we do. And so we're planning on going to hopefully Italy. We've gone to Spain for the past two years. Um, but, you know, look at your local university or you can look at our mine or somebody else and see kind of what courses they have that are going abroad. Because sometimes they are open to people, um, you know, joining in because then that gets their numbers up. Uh, right. You're not taking the class, but um, you're able to go and it helps. And you're not usually it's like adults and you're not you know having to watch over them. Hopefully.
1: Well, but, you know, I, I will say that um, and actually real quick, um, the MUCA Museum actually closed. So that was going to be uh, someone mentioned um, Prague for illustrators, the MUCA Museum. Um, that was going to be a stop we wanted to do at one point, too. But um, I recently heard that it has closed. I could not from Spain. From Portugal, so. Gotcha. So, I mean, that would be something to double check. But I had, um, I had heard that it was, um, that it was, it had closed. So I was upset. Although we did see MUCA's when we were in our hotel in um, Vienna. They were aligned up the wall, which is I've got photos from the blog. So that was great. Um, so tell us what the blog is, because I know we're kind of running out of time so that I can
0: um, put it in the chat. And if you just tell me, then yep. I can. Then people that are watching on YouTube can put it. In.
1: It's designworldtour.com. And I made students create the blogs, but I didn't do one for myself. And As I was reading through, I was like, you know, it'd be nice to be able to. Yeah, you know, chronicle my experiences as well, and not just for that, but it's a good marketing tool um, for students who who are maybe on the fence about going or what you know think they want to go but but don't. So we do use it as a marketing tool as well. Um, but you know, it's it's also you know, my experiences and my thoughts and my feelings and how great it was to see these because, you know, you can't put a price on the experience that we had. And, you know, there are a lot of things that an academic, you know, fights with mentally and, and, you know, the tenure track process and... And our jobs and, you know, students, but being able to be in this situation and see these things and connect with students and, and that's what I was going to say too, is that, you know, you'd think 18 to 20 students would be, you know, would be pretty hard to handle, but I have to give it to the group that I had. There was very little incident, um, I was happy to to be able to come home with everybody still in one piece, and you know nobody was nobody got hurt. Everybody and they had free time, and you know we they did they had <laughs> and they had free they time. They had they did. Well, you gotta give them some free time, right? No, you no. Know, I, it was being over <laughs> being overseas. It's hard to be like, especially being a mom. It's hard for me to be like, all right, well got time to go do what you're going to do don't get yourself killed you
0: know and right right but it was just that that you said uh, you know and nobody got hurt and I had given them free time like with that caveat and still no one got hurt and nobody got hurt so what's next? So do you always go to the same places? Yeah, I know you want to go back to Switzerland and go to the Alps, but so what other kind of things? And you obviously have to figure it out before December. Right.
1: Nope. It's uh, next in May of 2017. It's back to Switzerland, then Paris, then um um London and then we've actually been asked to try and do this on an annual basis because of how popular it is. Uh, we'll see how how long it takes before I get burnt out on that. but the idea in 2018 then is probably going to be probably Amsterdam and then Italy. So, you know, I don't know. We've just barely started discussing what we're going to do for that one. But
0: Amsterdam, you might have to keep them a little close in. Well, it's um, the Heineken. They might get hurt. Yeah,
1: they might. Get- <laughs> uh, the Heineken Brewery is there, you know, just saying. So
0: I love that logo. The
1: Heineken logo? Mm-hmm. Oh, I. It? No, but i
0: just love like i oh, have the, the bottle caps gotcha um i would collect them when i was um uh, bartending so i would just always put them in my apron and so i made like a bookcase That's that has cool. the whole heineken uh thing anyway um <laughs> my colleague keeps um texting me um he's like is your show over <laughs> i'm like no um <laughs> anyway, man, they like run me straight down the to two 30 to one thirty to two or whatever. Anyway, thank you, you're you welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, how can people follow you? So, or how can people, so they can go to designworldtour.com to yep. see all of this and kind of see more and hear more, yep. you know, a lot of more
1: writing, but how can people follow you? Um, they can, from there, my, my website link is there too. If anybody wants to follow me there, um, and tell us what it is. Yeah, it's just brookshear.com and it's B R O
0: O K E S H E R E R. You forgot the C S
1: C A E R E R. Yeah. Hey, uh, I wasn't hey. born with it. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I wasn't and, born with it. I'm married yeah. into it. So <laughs> not by my choosing. So anyway, so b r o o k e s
0: c h e r e r. That's it. dot com. Yep. And so then on that they can, because I think I saw these images and some of them on Instagram, right? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, although I don't. Instagram private. Those may be yes. So I, just I have a new Instagram. Super. I think it's just the Super Turismo. <laughs> Jeff. Oh. Go right ahead, Jeff. Um, super Charismo, sure no, but I think all of the other ones, because the other one also has a bunch of my kids or, you know, the images of right, my kids, right. so I keep that one. And I think that's where all of those were. But any of those that are Instagram are going to be, that were Instagram will be um, up on the up on
0: the blog. So S-C, uh, Super, and then S-C-H-E-R-I-Z-M-O. Here we go. Super under, oh, I guess I should
1: put the at. Uh, are you guys uh, like, um, not oh, sure? Wait, it, it's just the same as it's just the same as uh, oh, my Twitter sure. handle. Yeah. Looky there. No. There we go. All right. Thank you.
0: Um, yep. Anyway, so next week um, we are going to be talking to the. People who put together WMC Fest, which is Weapons of Mass Creation, and it's in Cleveland. And so if you're near Cleveland or you like small conferences like me and Brooke, like we like Creative South. I know Mike Jones and a bunch of other people from Creative South always go to WMC Fest. And, um, you know, there are, you should be looking, the tickets are really inexpensive and it's very affordable. Good. Another good, really small, um, not really small in a bad way, like really small in a great way. That probably sounds terrible, but it's like really good to have it. I think that max is at about a, uh, a thousand people. And so as uh, Brian uh, Garvin, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name, and then Heather Sakai. So they're both they both work at um, I can't think of the name of the company I right know, um, but they're going to be talking about. WMC Fest and so I've had we had Matt Dawson who talked about crop which is in Baton Rouge in April and then we've had Mike Jones who me and Brooke are big fans of for Creative South and then we're gonna be talking to the people at WMC Fest and so they have a bunch of um, workshops and things like that as well so again very affordable conference to go and just really kind of bust it out and it's nice to see everybody back from April to August. So um, anyway, check it out and we'll see you next week. And then I'm taking the week that next week off because I'm going to completely move offices and I'm super excited to show you. I'll have carpet. It'll be really ugly, dingy carpet, but I don't care. It won't be this place. So one last look recorded. Can you see it? I'm just kidding. I know it. My hand was in the way. So there's what I have now, which is really big right and then um let me put back up well and it doesn't go far that way right it's just the wall but sorry about that but anyway so i'm excited to have a new space because maybe i'll get rid of some stuff hooray i've already gotten rid of lots of books from uh in my bookcase. so the goodwill really made out this week tax deductible just saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got the little sheet, thankfully. Anyway, so check us out next week, same time. It's um two thirty eastern, eleven thirty Pacific. And sit, take a break, dancing in the large space. Yes, but I all I can do is the worm. Um oh, is it okay to email you about teaching history of graphic design? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Email on your website. Yep. And well, he, and here I'll give. Um, Kent is also a professor at TT at Mississippi College, and it's um oh there you go B S C H E R E R at UT.edu or B S C H E R E R o five at gmail.com. So you can reach there as well. And then you can always reach me if you have any questions or you want to comment or tell me something uh, that you'd like me to improve on. I'm always up for that. You can always email me at Diane at recharging you.com. And you can sign up again to always get the list and always get the questions. So you kind of know what's going to be talked about beforehand. Um, I send those questions out on Tuesday morning, super early. And um, anyway, so (laughs) Uh, sign up at rechargingyou.com and or you can always look it up at designrecharge.org and we'll see you next week thank you so much Brooke.
1: absolutely thanks for having me back and letting me geek out for everyone to see i loved that you geeked out so I thank do. you usually my students are the only people who get this who get this opportunity so it felt like home to me <laughs> good
0: good all right bye guys we'll see you next week bye